Finally, Keegan Murray is receiving the recognition that he deserves as one of the next generation of NBA stars. He today has been added to the USA Select team, and I'll explain to you what that means ahead of the FIBA World Cup. Plus, Kings General Manager Monty McNair spoke about Keegan Murray this offseason in an article with The Athletic, and The Athletic released their offseason power rankings. It's all right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all off-season long. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer for ABC 10 News. And even though Keegan Murray was amongst the top of his draft class, of course, selected fourth overall in the 2022 NBA draft, compared to some of the other names at the top, the Paolo Bancaros, the Chet Holmgrens, maybe even the Jaden Ivies, Keegan was labeled as a safer pick labeled as a lower ceiling pick, not as much upside, maybe because his game wasn't as flashy. It was a label that I adamantly pushed against during the draft process before the Kings selected him. And I think it's a label that we can clearly see is not accurate based off of how he performed as a rookie and even how he's performed as early as the California Classic, looking like someone who's capable of being a go-to primary scorer for the Sacramento Kings going forward in his career draft labels are always a coin flip right and just because a player isn't necessarily supremely athletic or can jump out of the gym or can uh knock down threes with their eyes closed even though keegan murray turned out to be the best shooting rookie uh, in the history of the nba just because they're not as flashy as it may appear on draft night or going into the draft and with their mixtapes in college and in high school, that does not mean that once they get to the NBA, they won't become the next greatest star. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that I expect Keegan Murray to become a superstar in the NBA, but an all-star for the Sacramento Kings, that is what this team believes he is, and he is on the path to achieving that, as like I mentioned in the introduction today, Keegan Murray was named to the USA Select Team. Now, what does that mean? The USA Select Team is essentially the reserve roster. So Team USA has a 12-man roster that they've already announced uh, going into the FIBA World Cup later on this summer. Some of the names on that team include Anthony Edwards, McCall Bridges, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Brandon Ingram. The select team is that next generation, right? The younger players, the players that maybe one day will actually make the Team USA roster, whether it's for the Olympics or for the FIBA World Cup or whatever it may be. The select team is the team that not calling it the G League team of Team USA isn't necessarily fair or accurate. But it's like all these guys are on Team USA two-way contracts because they're going to spend the summer. They're going to spend August. Training camp begins August 3rd. They're going to spend the summer working with the Team USA main roster. Keegan Murray is going to get the opportunity along with guys like Chet Holmgren, Jalen Williams, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green. He's going to get the opportunity to practice against the Team USA main roster for a week at a time and... Because he is on the select team, that means he is eligible 
to travel with Team USA to the Philippines where uh, the uh, FIBA World Cup is being held and serve as a injury replacement if necessary. Now, I don't know all the specific details of if the Team USA will travel all 12 of the select team guys. Maybe they'll select a few guys from that roster to go with them to add some depth in case maybe a big man or two, in case a big man goes down, a wing or two, a point guard. I don't know specifically how many are traveling, but it means Keegan Murray is at least, as part of the select team, eligible to go and travel with Team USA and potentially be a part of the World Cup. Although, I don't believe that Keegan will get that opportunity. And honestly, if I'm being completely selfish, I don't want Keegan to get that opportunity. I want him to get this recognition, right? I want Keegan to be looked at amongst the next crop of NBA stars. Keegan absolutely deserves to be on this list. Again, the names that have been reported to be joining him on the select team today announced by Shams, Chet Holmgren, Jalen Williams, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green. We got to also start talking about Keegan Murray as the best name amongst this list, by the way. I think a lot of people would say Cade Cunningham, former number one overall pick, had a phenomenal year uh, with the Detroit Pistons. He's on a bad basketball team, so that might hurt him a little bit. Is Cade Cunningham overall more talented and more of a star than Keegan Murray is? Maybe, probably, I don't know. But my point in bringing that up is Keegan Murray belongs on this list. He belongs and is better than a handful of these players that are going to be named to the select team with him. He belongs here amongst that next crop of NBA stars. He has earned that opportunity, not just with how he's played for the Sacramento Kings last season, and he didn't just get it because he tore up the California Classic a couple of weeks ago. Keegan Murray has worked hard throughout his college career, even before his time at Iowa started. Keegan Murray has grinded and gone through being not like a five-star recruit. Keegan Murray's story was not one of this guy is labeled to be a star from a very young age and gone up through the ranks of AAU and top recruit by all the top universities in college all the way to being a, a guaranteed top five pick. That was not Keegan Murray's path. Keegan Murray's path was a bit abnormal at times. And yet he absolutely deserves to be here amongst this group just because you're on the select team does not mean you're going to actually make the USA main roster or be a part of the USA main roster one day, but it's an appropriate step. It is national public recognition of being amongst the best of the best of the next generation. In the same way that every year we have the Rising Stars Challenge where sophomore and, and, and or like rookie and sophomore players, first year and second year players, uh, get an opportunity to play in the Rising Stars game on that all-star stage. This is like that on steroids or times 10. Getting USA nods as, as one of the best young players in the country to represent the country, I think that's very significant and very well-deserved for Keegan. But like I said, selfishly, I don't want him to play. Like, I, I want Keegan Murray to get this recognition. I want him to get the praise. He absolutely deserves to be here. I want him to go to this press, uh, this, uh, this, this um, I almost called it a summer camp, this training camp and learn as much as possible. Be a sponge, right? Learn from these players. And, and really, the names that I mentioned that are on the USA World Cup team, Anthony Edwards, McCall Bridges, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Ingram, it's not like he's working with LeBron James and Steph Curry and, and maybe the names that you would see if this was the Team USA getting ready for to, to try and win a gold medal with the Olympics. I'm not saying that Ant and McCall Bridges and Jackson Jr. and Brandon Ingram don't deserve to, to be 
on Team USA. They're extremely talented players, and Keegan can absolutely learn from them. But it's not like this group is so far in that elite status that Keegan Murray is just kind of there to watch and be a part of it. Like, Keegan is not that far away from being amongst that crop of players. He's really not. Will he ever get to that crop? I don't know. But we're not talking about a colossal drop-off between Anthony Edwards and Keegan Murray. They're not necessarily close, but we're not talking, again, elite superstar Steph Curry status and second-year player with high upside. So Keegan can learn a lot from these guys, but also can consider them his peers in a lot of ways. And look how much Keegan has benefited this offseason from working with De'Aaron Fox, right? The, the first glimpse we got of the new Keegan Murray or things that Keegan Murray's been working on were 29-point and 41-point performances in the California Classic, a new confidence, a new ability to or, or new side to his game, creating his own shot uh, and being that, that primary facilitator uh, and primary scorer for a team. And you best believe he learned a lot of that and has been working on a lot of that, as he says, every day with De'Aaron Fox here in Sacramento. So if Keegan can learn that much from Fox, what can he learn from working with these top guys and top coaches in the country here during this training camp? I think this is a tremendous opportunity for him, but I do not want him playing. If he does, of course, we'll support him. It would be great to see him. If he somehow finds a way onto the floor, if he's good enough to be named a reserve and to go to the Philippines and maybe get an opportunity to play for the World Cup team, that would be pretty awesome for him. And of course, we would all support him here in Sacramento. But, again, selfishly, if I had my way and maybe if the Kings had their way, he would go there, be a part of training camp, learn from the experience, get to make those connections, enjoy that time, help it hone his craft, take what he learns to Kings training camp and be healthy and ready uh, for a, a Kings season where they look to make an even deeper playoff run and work their way into contention. That is the best case scenario, in my opinion, for Keegan Murray. Speaking of Keegan, Monty McNair spoke a lot about Keegan Murray in the long-form uh, conversation and long-form article that Anthony Slater and Sam Amick released for The Athletic. Amazing article. I referenced a little bit on yesterday's podcast. I referenced the very end of the article with Monty talking about the offseason as a whole and what he was trying to accomplish. And there's a lot of different sections of this article. Monty talks about Sasha Vezen, uh, Vezenkov. Monty talks about the move specifically. Uh, Monty talks a lot about Keegan Murray. And I'm not going to share with you all the quotes of Monty talking about Keegan here, but I pulled three quotes here that I thought were really interesting from this article. Again, go and check it out on The Athletic. Um, that, that article is up right now. Here's what Monty, one of the things Monty had to say about Keegan. He was viewed as a safe pick. Hey, he was too, because he was 21 at the time. But we truthfully did not view it that way. We were so happy that he did fit a great need for us, but we felt people were sleeping on what he could do, which is crazy because he was number one or number two in the whole country in scoring. Monty McNair is 100% right. I'm not saying that I deserve to be on the level of Monty and his, and his staff because they actually know what the hell they're doing and I'm more grasping at straws and just saying why I like a player based off of the film and limited college basketball that I've watched. But I saw the same thing in Keegan. I saw not a safe pick. I saw a, a player that was, even though he was older, very skilled and very capable of not just fitting with the Sacramento Kings, but having a successful career in Sacramento. And again, that whole idea of him having a lower ceiling than a Jaden Ivey or some of these other picks because he was not as flashy as them, I thought was absurd. So it was good to hear Monty say that. Here's another quote. 
of what Monty said in this article. He said, quote, we know we need Keegan to take another step. I've talked a lot with you about needing or, or, or the Kings relying on Keegan to become that third scorer and that internal improvement is how the Sacramento Kings are going to get better next year. Sorry, here's the quote again. We need or we know we need Keegan to take another step. And one of the ways he can do that is to be more of a second or third option as opposed to a fourth or fifth option. And it's hard to do that when you have two all NBA guys, right? Then you have Kevin or when you have Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes. So, you know, it may take some time for him to do that within the natural flow. Again, Monty, he's not trying to be super unpredictable or sneaky with what the, it's, it's not hard to predict or to understand what Monty McNair is trying to do and how he's trying to build this team and how much he believes in this core and their improvement. He clearly looks at Keegan Murray. I've, I've told you a million times the Kings view Keegan Murray as a future all-star. Whether or not he'll reach that is uh, we're, we've yet to see. But the idea that I've seen some people say that the Kings are not improving or have not improved or won't improve because they didn't replace Harrison Barnes or make a massive upgrade this offseason, I think is silly when you have a second-year player that showed so much upside as just a rookie where he wasn't truly featured in the offense when he's shown or at least is showing that he can be featured more. And now the general manager is directly telling you we need him to make that step. We need him at times to become the second or third score. That's the next step in his evolution as a player, and that makes us better as a basketball team. It's not going to be easy to do because there's so many weapons on this Kings roster. There's so many weapons in this starting lineup, but we feel he's capable of doing that. The last quote I want to read for you, it's actually part of a quote. Monty says, quote, just to show you that I'm not trying to toot my own horn, I did not see 206 threes coming off of his hand right away. I love Monty because he's an incredibly humble guy. He and Mike Brown, like, it's almost like sometimes I want them to brag a little bit. Like, puff out your chest. Like, you're the unanimous coach of the year. You're the general manager of the year. Yes, you have amazing staffs around you that have helped you accomplish that. And nobody thinks that you're going to take all the glory from them and not give them anything. But talk about yourself a little bit, damn it. You and your, 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 your draft room, your scouts were 100% correct with Keegan Murray. 100% correct it was the right decision to take him at four over Jaden Ivey or trading the pick or taking somebody else. Keegan was the right choice, for the right choice for the team and the right choice overall. At least he's very much trending that way. Puff out your chest about that a little bit, just like I think Monty McNair should puff out his chest a little bit more about the, um, the, the, the Montes Sabonis trade that he was killed for at the time. That's not Monty's style, but you know what? I'll do the bragging for Monty. I certainly didn't know that Keegan was going to hit 206 threes and break the record either. Did not predict that by any means. And truthfully, even those of us like Monty who are the highest on Keegan Murray that we could possibly be, I don't think we expected Keegan to be this good this quickly. But of course, that gives you a tremendous amount of excitement for what's next for, uh, for young Kings next season and beyond. So what do you think about those quotes? What do you think about Keegan Murray being named to the, uh, the select team? Let me know at Matt George Sack on Twitter. You can email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. And of course, if you're watching on YouTube, leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. With it being baseball season, take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. You bet 20 bucks, you'll land $200 in bonus bets, whether you win 
or you lose. You could either be in the green already making money and have more bonus bets for you to make even more money on top of that, or this is an insurance policy, right? Maybe that first bet doesn't go so well. Maybe you're already in the red. Here's bonus bets, $200 worth of bonus bets for you to make that money back and make a profit on top of that because FanDuel wants you to stay and play. They don't just want you to cash in on one bet and leave, and they don't want you to lose one bet and then not play anymore. It's all about having fun and enjoying the game on FanDuel. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. As the season gets closer and rosters are finalized, we're going to start seeing more and more power rankings. And it's going to be fun to see the Sacramento Kings entering a season high on the power rankings. But so far, the athletics power rankings that came out today are the first and only power rankings that I've seen going into next season. And what I like about these power rankings from the athletic is not only do they have the typical numbers, right? Team one through team 30, one being the highest on the power rankings, 30 being the lowest. They also have tiers, right? Different tiers of from contenders all the way down to tanking teams. So where did the Sacramento Kings end up on this power ranking? Well, coming into the season, the Kings are ninth in the power rankings. However, they're on tier three, according to the athletic, which is the playoff hopefuls. And they gave an explanation of that. They said the playoff hopefuls tier are teams that should expect to make top six in the conference. So it's awesome to see, at least at this point in time, and the power rankings don't really mean that much, but it's cool to see the Sacramento Kings in the middle of the offseason heading into training camp as a team that the athletic, the national narrative, expects to be in the playoff picture. Now, naturally, coming off of a season where you were the third seed, if you're not firmly in the playoff picture, if you drop down to a play-in team or not make the playoffs, that's a pretty significant failure. Knock on wood that there's not any kind of injuries or or something to, to lead into that. So I think this is a fair ranking in terms of putting them in Tier 3 as a playoff hopeful team. Uh, I do believe that they're maybe closer to being a contending team than Athletic is giving them the credit for but also amongst the explanation of why they have them in Tier 3 playoff hopefuls instead of Tier 2, which is one piece away from truly contending, there's questions about defense. And this is a big question that, that we've been asking all offseason. It's a big question that we're going to ask throughout training camp. And honestly, it's, I still think it's going to be a big question that we're going to ask with this team going through next season. Because while the Kings have added some pieces that I think can help defensively, just like we expect the majority of the improvement from this Kings team to come from this core learning and growing together. Part of that learning and part of that growth is being a better team on the defensive end. The Kings don't have to turn into a top defensive team in the league. What was encouraging was that during the NBA playoffs, they they played solid defense against the Golden State Warriors throughout the playoffs. How much of that was it being playoff basketball and officials allowing the Kings and allowing the game to be more physical and calling less ticky-tack fouls and stuff like that? How much of it was that? And how much of it was the Kings just slowly but surely developing into a team that knows how to play and communicate on the defensive end and play good team defense and play off of one another? We'll have to wait and see, and we'll get maybe some of the answers to that in training camp and during the regular season. But yes, the Sacramento Kings have to improve as a defensive team overall, first and foremost, before they can even be considered a contending team. 
But initially, I saw this, was happy with this ranking, and then I started flipping through, and I was looking at the other teams in the Pacific Division, right? Which, in my opinion, is the best division in basketball. You have the Sacramento Kings, the LA Clippers, the Golden State Warriors, the LA Lakers, the Phoenix Suns. I mean, these are all playoff teams, all teams that, that are expected to be good. The Golden State Warriors were ranked eighth in the playoff, uh, uh, or in the, in the power rankings, so just one spot ahead of the Sacramento Kings. However, they're ranked in Tier 1 which is championship contenders, which I think is fair. Maybe it's overvaluing the Warriors a little bit, but I think that's from the perspective of this is what the Warriors expect. You're putting them in contenders because the Golden State Warriors are essentially championship or bust at this point. Anything less for them is a failure. Or anything less for them is a, is a disappointment. I won't necessarily call it a failure based upon what happens in the season. And, and like Giannis Antetokounmpo talks a lot about, not everything is a failure just because you don't win. But... The Golden State Warriors being a contending team, being in Tier 1, I have no problem with that, not just because of how talented their roster is, but, but because of them winning right now. The Phoenix Suns are fourth in the power rankings. They're the number one team. They have the highest power ranking uh, in the Pacific Division. No surprise with the roster that they've put together. That's another team that absolutely, with the talent in that lineup, they should be considered a championship threat, a very serious championship threat. We'll have to see when the betting odds come out. I think the Phoenix Suns might be favorited even though the athletic i think had the milwaukee bucks as the number one team on the power rankings i think the phoenix suns might end up being the betting favorite to win a championship this year and they too are win a championship or it's a disappointing season at this point in time so i have no issue with the lakers or rather the warriors and suns being in that tier one the lakers are in tier two which is one piece away from truly being a contender i think you can make a good argument for the sacramento kings being in tier two I really do. And maybe that piece is an all-star level Keegan Murray. Maybe that piece is still to come, a big move that the Kings make at this upcoming trade deadline. I don't. When I look at the Los Angeles Lakers and I look at the Sacramento Kings, which, by the way, even though the Lakers are in t Tier 2, the brink of contention tier, they are 13th on the power rankings, so they're four spots lower than the Sacramento Kings. But again, this is the expectations of the organization. The Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis on your roster, that is a team that is expecting to win championships or to make deep runs. But maybe they're not quite there amongst the Golden State Warriors and Phoenix Suns of the world. I agree with that. But I don't think, and the power ranking numbers reflect this, I don't think the Los Angeles Lakers are closer to contending for a championship than the Sacramento Kings are at this point just because they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Do those two give them an edge? You're damn right they do. And the Lakers caught fire at the right time, made great moves uh, during the trade deadline or at the trade deadline last year, made a good playoff run. Uh, they made excellent moves this offseason, in my opinion. So I like what the Lakers are doing. I don't like that it's the Lakers, but I see what they're doing and I can appreciate what they're doing. I don't, I don't think an older LeBron James and an Anthony Davis that still hasn't proven that he can stay consistently healthy, that that puts that team closer to title contention. Well, maybe slightly closer to title contention than the Sacramento Kings are. Maybe I'm overvaluing the Kings, which is very possible knowing me, but I, I just don't feel like the gap between the Kings and Lakers in terms of title contention is that big. I think you could easily put the Lakers in Tier 3, or you could easily put the Kings in Tier 2. Finally, the Los Angeles Clippers are actually ranked higher than the Lakers in uh, the power rankings. They're 11th, two spots below the Sacramento Kings. However, they too, with the Kings, are in that Tier 3 playoff hopefuls, which there are so many question marks 
about the Clippers, their ability to stay healthy, the future of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Can that group even work together? Blah, 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 blah. With the amount of question marks with the Clippers, I'm not surprised that they're below uh, the Lakers and or they're below the Lakers in terms of tiers, and they're certainly not in the contending tier. Even though when Kawhi Leonard and, and uh, Paul George were first paired together in Los Angeles, we were considering them to be an absolute title contender. Uh, they've fallen off a little bit at this point. But what do you think of these power rankings at this point? What tier would you put the Sacramento Kings in? Do you agree with the other tiers of the Pacific Division teams? Again, you can go to The Athletic right now and check out their full power rankings with explanations for each team and why they're, why they're in the position that they're at. Uh, let me know your thoughts on this at Sack on Twitter. Email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. I think the Kings being ninth overall in the power rankings is a really good spot for them in the top third of the league. I wouldn't expect more at this point in time. I think it's there is a good argument for eight other teams above them. I actually was honestly expecting the Kings to be 10th or lower, if I'm being honest with you. I'm glad they're in ninth. I think the Athletic did a good job with putting the Kings in ninth. What number would you put the Kings? Again, let me know at Matt George Sack on Twitter. I've referenced a lot of the Athletic today. I'm going to end with more Athletic. I'm excited. As of right now, it is expected that on Saturday, Sam Amick of The Athletic, who is partially responsible, along with Anthony Slater, for that article and that conversation with Kings General Manager Monty McNair, uh, Sam will be joining me or is expected to join me on Locked on Kings. I'm really looking forward to chatting with him about this offseason, kind of the uh, the murmurs and rumblings around the league about what the Sacramento Kings have done. I'm really excited to ask him about the decision to bring back Harrison Barnes and uh, how, like, financially, how much of that went into play, like Harrison, the money that he got versus uh, the money that, like, Kyle Kuzma or Jeremy Grant got and how that matters in that situation. If there are any questions or anything uh, you want to know specifically from uh, Sam, let me know because I really enjoy talking to Sam. Uh, hopefully we're able to work this out again. The expectation is that he will join me on Saturday's episode of Locked on Kings. Uh, so I hope it, work, it works out. I hope it comes through. If for some reason uh, that falls through, then we'll get him on a later episode. But that's the plan right now, this Saturday, to have Sam Amick on the Locked on Kings podcast. Day by day, brick by brick, we're making it through this offseason. At least now we'll have a little bit to uh, pay attention to in, in early August uh, with this Team USA training camp. Not that I'm going to go there, not that we're going to get much footage out of that, but I'm, I'm excited Keegan Murray's there. I'm, he absolutely belongs there. I'm excited to see uh, what he can learn and what he can take away from that experience. And then we'll get through August, which is the worst month of the year when it comes to NBA stuff. But, hey, at least football is kind of getting started with that, too, to kind of carry us through. But we'll get you through here on the Lockdown Kings podcast. We'll make it through together. I appreciate your support. Also, the amount of you that have reached out to me sharing your love for Lord of the Rings based off of yesterday's podcast. And if you don't know why I'm talking about Lord of the Rings, go and check out uh, yesterday's pod. Those of you who have reached out, really appreciate you. Uh, you're incredible too. Locked On put out uh, a list. I think it's six NBA channels now that are over 10,000 subscribers, which is amazing. Locked On has only really been doing YouTube stuff. Uh, for two years. Locked on Kings has been on YouTube for a little over two years, uh, and we just passed 7,000 subscribers. I would love by the end of the season to be at that 10 mark, but whatever we can get, I'm super, super appreciative for. 
those of you who are watching on YouTube, thank you so much. If you could subscribe, and a lot of you are watching but not necessarily subscribed yet, hopefully you'll make that decision one day. You don't necessarily have to do it today, but it helps us out a lot. Keep sharing that. And of course, my audio listeners, you know how amazing you are. Those numbers continue to be incredible too. Locked on Kings is amongst the uh, the top in the network in terms of audio listens and audio downloads, which is incredible. Uh, so keep up that support. It's so it's it's fitting for this Kings fan base, but it's fun to see. Locked On Kings and the success of this podcast amongst the big markets in Locked On, right? Sometimes we rival Boston. Sometimes we rival LA. Sometimes we rival Golden State. It's really, really fun uh, for this fan base to support and to be uh, in the same realm at times uh, as those other shows and those other markets. Uh, And I truly do not take that for granted. I'm so lucky to be able to uh, be a part of this fan base and to serve this fan base. Uh, and and have your support. So thank you, thank you, thank you again so much. We'll get through this offseason together. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked on Kings. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.